Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Burgers and Brats. Got a great episode for you guys. Going to be diving into the Deshaun Watson case, what just happened there, and if the NFL is going to appeal and what is the next steps moving forward for his case. And then also MLB trade deadline was this week, and there were some uh, monumental trades. Uh, Great week in the MLB, some big names on the move. But before we dive into that, make sure you follow on any platform at Burgers and Brats and make sure you listen anywhere. Go follow anywhere, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Burgers and Brats. And special guest joining us today, Matthew Marks. Thanks for coming on. What up, what up? How's it going? Going good. Just talking some MLB, Deshaun Watson, some big news uh, in the sports world for this uh, past week. A lot of big news. Big week in sports. Some yeah, bad and some good. Not many games, but uh, big, big news. Uh, so let's start with cooking on the grill. Deshaun Watson uh, given a six-game suspension from uh, the judge who the NFL appointed to look over this case and ultimately make the decision. Now, I know we've talked about this uh, off camera, but we uh, we wanted nothing less of an, a year suspension. I mean, dude probably shouldn't even be in the league right now, but a uh, year minimum for his suspension. But given six games in the NFL or uh, suspended for the NFL season and no fine uh, for his uh, uh, no fine given out to him uh, with his suspension. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the uh, Deshaun Watson saga? I was surprised it was going to be six games. Um, thought it was going to be a lot more, but you know, the NFL, uh, well, you know, the judge hands down six games, but you know how things go with the NFL. Nothing makes sense in terms of suspensions. You could be uh, gambling, uh, betting on your, you know, on other teams and you get suspended uh, for a long, you know, longer period of time. Um, and then you can, um, you know, have sexual assault allegations and only get six games. It, it makes no sense. But what we've seen is Roger Goodell is trying to fight this and they're trying to make the suspension longer. I found this tweet um, from Charles Robinson. He's a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo. And he said um, that apparently that says Roger Goodell specifically doesn't want. uh, So I guess they're trying to get a longer than a 12 game suspension because this is how it would map up. And this is, you know, the good and the bad of how sports lines up. We love it when there's a good moment, like, oh, that's how ironic, how cool. Well, here's the bad part. If they suspend Watson, um, they don't want him playing week 12 because week 12 is against Houston. And Roger Goodell does not want that to be his first game back is playing against Houston. Um, and so that's something there to kind of watch for is if he's only suspended, if he's suspended longer than six games, they don't want him playing in that Houston game. At least that's what he's saying that Roger Goodell doesn't want him playing in that game. Um, that's not a good storyline at all. <laughs> You want to avoid Watson playing Houston. Um, He should be suspended the whole season. And I think that's what Roger Goodell and NFL is going to try to do. Yeah. I mean, the NFL just uh, appealed the court case that uh, just came out. Uh, They're, they're looking for one year suspension minimum and then $8 million fine. Um, Yeah. You brought up the Calvin Ridley. uh, uh, What happened there? He bet $1,500 on his, on his team to win. Um, gets suspended a full year, loses $1 million in his contract or loses $1 million for not playing that season. And then Deshaun Watson goes and is accused of sexual assault, settles with 23 of 24 women. 
and no fine in only six games. But uh, I heard or something that I thought about earlier was, I mean, why not just give him six games? So that's like the minimum for everything the NFL's ever done. You got sexual assault, uh, just battery and whatever. Anything happens in the NFL with a player that just does not look good, they're given six games. So the judge is really given nothing else uh, to go off of than to give more than six games. But yeah, Roger Goodell is a the NFL is going to appeal this, and I it's in his hands now. It's in Roger Goodell's hands, so it it's going to be it's it's going to be a one year suspension with, I think an eight eight million dollar fine is what they're looking at. And have you seen his contract? So like the Browns knew that uh, he was Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for a short period of time at least. So they made it where his contract for the first year was only $1 million. So he wouldn't be losing out on that money that he wouldn't be the games he would miss. And then the next year is after that $46 million for the rest of his contract. So the Browns literally set this up to where they knew Deshaun Watson was going to be suspended for uh, maybe not a full year, but at least they knew he was going to be suspended six games, 10 games, 12 games. Um, They literally set that up in his contract where he would be losing the least amount of money possible, which is just, disgusting uh as the browns organization you know i hope one day that they make a movie about the browns because i think you could have a movie going back i don't know how far but you think about the hugh jackson era and that they wouldn't you know win. they didn't win anything couldn't win a game and then you get a guy what yeah one for 31 one for 31 yeah i mean what a what a great two season stretch and then you get the, your savior in Baker Mayfield, and there's hope again in Cleveland. Like, you, it's good to be a Cleveland Brown, and that didn't last long. And then now Bakes in uh, Carolina, and now the Browns don't have a quarterback. I mean, you, you trade for Watson. You, may, you make him the highest-paid quarterback. You trade all your draft picks. Um, honestly, I mean, we're not GMs. And it's easy to just analyze it like we are, but you got to be an idiot to make a decision like that. And now you don't have a starting quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is what your, your backup and Brissett's not bad. He can have good moments, but he's not, he's not going to get you. I mean, in that six game stretch, you probably saw on Twitter, you know, I mean, anywhere you look up the schedule of who the Browns are going to be playing in those first six weeks. And I'd have to pull it back up again, but you've got a matchup. I know with, um, um, Justin Herbert. You've got a matchup, I think, with Mac Jones. Um, I think you got, I think they have the Steelers and Jets in there, but can Jacoby Brissett get him to three and three? This is if you got six games with Watson out. Can you go at least three and three and still be at 500 when Watson's back? But if he is out for longer, if he's out the whole season, you've got Jacoby Brissett and whoever the other backup is. And I think it's Josh Rosen now. The Josh Rosen might be a third Yeah. I mean, this is not good. I mean, this is a team now that you've got to watch the Ravens. You've got to watch the Bengals who are, I mean, those two teams are going to be great. And honestly, I mean, we don't know what the Steelers are going to be. I mean, you got Najee, you've got um, Mitchell Trubisky. Now you got Mitchell Trubisky. The Steelers should be the number three team. Browns are going to be dead last in this division. If you got Jacoby Brissett, if you have no Deshaun Watson, they're going to be dead last. And again, you're going back to the dog pound. You're going to be sitting there. You're just going to be sitting there watching everyone else have success. And the Browns, again, are, and we haven't even played a game yet, but they are, again, the laughing stock of the NFL. 
They really are trading away a quarterback who won their first, not only playoff game, but their first away playoff game against their arch nemesis in 30, 30, 40 years. And they trade him away. And then he plays a season with the, with a major shoulder injury. So, um, Browns, you had it good for like two, three seasons, and then now you're just throwing it away. And uh, Matt, the Browns schedule, you open week one at the Panthers. So yep, against that's right. Baker Mayfield. You got the Jets, Steelers at home, versus, which I think uh, should be a pretty easy win. And then you go to the Falcons, win, versus the Chargers should be a loss. And then week six, you have the Patriots at home. So, yeah, what a tough schedule uh, to start for the Browns if you're missing Deshaun Watson. I mean, realist, I mean, you, you that could be a two and four start. That could be one and five. I mean, again, people might go, whoa, whoa, you know, you got Kareem Hunt, you got Nick Chubb, you've got Amari Cooper now. Yeah, you've got weapons, but Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he can, you can score some, but you're not going to be scoring every time down the field. He's not that quarterback. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's good, but he's not great. And, yes, you've got those weapons, but, I mean, if it's just going to be a running game, people will stop the run. Now, you've got Amari Cooper. I mean, we, you've got to look. The Browns do have pieces. They do. But the quarterback play is really going to hurt them. It's going to affect the rest of the team. So, just have to say that because people will say, wait a minute, you got all these weapons. But um, I, I see a two or four start at best in those uh, first six games for the Browns. Yeah, I, I could see a three to three start, honestly. Uh, but I think two and four, uh, pretty much um, the census, uh, consensus there. Uh, but yeah, without Deshaun Watson, I mean, for a full year, they're finishing last in the division. Uh, maybe I'm missing six games that might put them uh, too far back out of the race by re- week seven when he comes back and uh, Browns are in trouble there. Uh, Matt, uh, so anything else on the Sean Watson uh, story? I mean, that's just interesting to watch. What, I saw the happen. NFLPA is suing the NFL now. Uh, isn't it, It's just weird to me. I mean, I get it. You're the Players Association, uh, but it, it's just weird to me that – they're uh, taking Deshaun Watson's. I mean, they they have to take a side, but it, it's it, it's just a, it feels slimy uh, to me. It's it's been a weird uh, two years. It's yeah. been a weird two years. This case is so wacky. Yep. Uh, anything else to add to Deshaun Watson? Uh, I got nothing else. Just hopefully we don't see him play uh, this year. It's true. All right, let's move on to some MLB. The trade deadline was this week. We had some major, major moves. Juan Soto, generational talent, 23-year-old, is headed to the San Diego Padres, and they just became a legit contender. Also, some other teams making moves. You got the Astros, the Yankees, Dodgers. Uh, All these big-name teams are adding these big-name players Matt, who was your winner and loser from the MLB trade deadline? Well, I obviously the Padres. Well, yeah, I mean uh, the Padres, and I and I've got to pull up here, kind of all all of these trades that went down. I mean, but there, there were a ton. There were a ton of trades. I mean, I mean, let's look first at, at the Padres. That's the easy one. I, I've got the their lineup pulled up from tonight's game. They're playing right now. Obviously, they're winning. They're playing the Rockies, but here's their lineup. And we saw in this trade that they not only got Juan Soto, they got Josh Bell. And Josh Bell's a good first baseman. He's got pop. He's got power. I like this combo. 
And so here's your, here's your starting lineup. You got Jerks and Profar in left field, Juan Soto in the two-hole in right, Manny Machado in the three-hole at third base, your cleanup hitter, Josh Bell at first. They've got Jake Cronenworth. They also got Brandon Drury from the Reds. So you've got a really powerful six guys right there. That's a really strong lineup. They're in the division. We know they're, they've got their, their friends, the Dodgers. And that's, and that's going to be a tough race. The Dodgers also made, you know, they made a move. They got Joey Gallo and we know, and I'm sure you want to talk about with your Yankees. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out, right? I'm, I like this move for Gallo. I think he needs a change of scenery. Obviously, he that New York stint was not good for him. Did you, you, know see, the, did you see the interview he had? Uh, I heard that. Read. I heard a little bit that he was um, – it was, it was sad. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's – But he sucked, to put, it, to put it blunt. Yeah, he's human. He, he wants – he yeah. wanted to be – uh, you know, be the guy, but it just, it didn't, it didn't happen. Um, and, you know, he just could not hit and that's unfortunate, but you know, that's what Gallo is. He's a big strikeout guy, but he's got a lot of pop. And when he connects, he connects, but this is something too. I want to just look at um, kind of the depth chart of the Dodgers because even with Gallo, right. You can throw Gallo anywhere in the outfield, you, but the Dodgers right now kind of banged up, got some guys on the IL, Justin Turner and Chris Taylor, um, but, you know, you got Mookie Betts, you got Trey Turner, you got Freddie Freeman. Yeah, this, is a, this is a good team. This is going to be a fun battle for these teams down the stretch. And that's something I was pulling up here. Let's look at the standings. That while the Dodgers have an 11-and-a-half game lead, okay, they've won. I mean, that division is theirs. That's not slipping. But in the wild card race, okay, the Padres sit in that two spot. Remember, they've increased the three wild card teams per league. So the Padres have a three game cushion. They're doing well. That's going to be fun, though, when we get to the playoffs with those two teams battling it out. So again, I, I give the Padres an A plus plus plus. They got who they needed. Now, which team didn't do so well? Well, uh, you know, so many trades have happened, um, and it, and it's kind of hard to to pinpoint. Um, and, and so I'm probably going to have to kind of think about this a little bit. But I, I want to, as I think about that, because Brax, yeah, I'm going to need yeah. you to go because I'm still mulling over right. my decision. I, got, I, I, I do, I do want to say one thing, though, that a team that was interesting, and I saw someone say a lot of respect to them, was Kansas City. Kansas City, they did trade Whit Merrifield. That was their guy. But they also still have Salvi Perez and um, um, Zach Greinke. Both guys, they could have traded, but they chose not to because they're so important to their team. You don't see that a whole lot, but um, either they did get rid of Wit, but really cool move by Kansas City to keep two guys that they could have gotten a good return for, but they weren't didn't want to tear down their entire team. They wanted to keep those guys in the clubhouse. So I thought that was a pretty good move. Yeah, Perez, I mean, just came back from, I believe, a like, huge stint from the injury reserve and then powered the them to a win over the Yankees in the Bronx uh this, over this past weekend. Um yeah, like you mentioned Dodgers and Padres uh Dodgers have an 11 and a half game lead over the Padres uh for that division. I I believe they play 11 times uh to finish the season. I think they've got 11 more games together. So they could keep it close. I mean, it's it's pretty far reach uh for that, but 11 games and 11 game difference. Oh, it could be fun heading to the stretch and the Padres are getting Tatis Jr. back. He hasn't even been back yet, uh, but he's coming back. 
And then, like you were mentioning with the NL wild card, the Braves have the lead in that game. Um, so, uh, mentioning the Nationals and uh, Juan Soto and how they've just traded the Nationals just trade away all the best players over the last few years. But this year, they were 27th in the league in runs per game. So not a lot, not a lot of hard hitting, and they just traded away Josh Bell, uh, Juan Soto. So it's it's probably going to they're probably going to finish last in the league in this. And the biggest winner are these NL wildcard teams, especially the Phillies, because the Braves, who are in first place in the NL wildcard, have six games left versus the Nationals. The Padres, seven games left for the versus the Nationals, who are in second uh, place in the NL. The Phillies, who are in third place um uh in the nl uh, 11 games left versus the nationals so those are 11 pretty easy wins coming up and then the cardinals have four games but the giants have zero uh so th- those four teams um, uh, they are looking forward to playing the nationals down the stretch and improving their uh chances of getting that wild card and just uh building on to their lead in the division uh so especially the phillies 11 games ooh, those should be 11 mm-hmm. easy wins Yeah, okay, so I got my team now for you, uh, my biggest loser. All right. Okay, we heard a lot from the Cubs that they were going to do something. Wilson Contreras was going to be gone, but nope. They didn't make, they didn't make a single move, and, and, and so that's, that's surprising because he's a free agent at the end of this season. So they didn't get anything for him. Now, Wilson Contreras, you know, Cubs fans love him. So this is not something that they, you know, that they're sad. They, they're, they're happy they get to keep him. But the Cubs aren't doing anything. Cubs have been awful this year. So you don't get any return from them. So that, that's, a, that's kind of, you know, you hear all this hype. Oh, he's going to be traded. Where is he going to go? And he's not. And that, to me, um, that's, that's, that's the, the, one of the biggest losers because you, you, you lose that opportunity. As much as he's your guy you lose a lot of opportunity to, to get some controllable pieces for the future. Yeah. I mean, they're 20 games under 500 right now the sitting, I mean, only one game back a third in their division, but it's not even close uh, to t- winning the division. Even the reds who were what, what were they were like one in 20 when the season started. They had like, a terrible start. They were on, yeah, they are, they are not one game above the Cubs in uh, the records in the standings. So, I mean, the Cubs have just, you haven't heard anything from them. Uh, see how much longer Ross is the manager there. How much longer has he got? I, I don't have. I mean, you know, I, I he's done a he's done a good job. Uh, you know, the Cubs have just traded away their entire World Series roster. Uh, I, I don't think that's on Ross. I think he's loved up there. Um, so we'll we'll yeah. see. You know, we'll we'll see what what happens. But yeah, the Cubs have just they've just been disappointing. You know, but they've also shipped out everybody. So. Yeah, it's not at this deadline. Also, the Brewers, man, what have I haven't heard a single thing from them? Not a peep, no trades, no, not them winning. There, I mean, they're leading the division. Well, in the, the Brewers did make a deal. They traded Josh Hader, oh. which was surprising. They traded their closer. Um, now he's had an ERA of like four this season, but he's still Josh Hader, the nasty lefty. Um, and he got traded to, um, well. Was it San Francisco? San Francisco? Hang on. Ain't him this year. Yeah, I think it was San Francisco. Of course, it got, yeah. Um, no, it's not San Francisco. Padres. Sorry. Again, this is, again, the Padres got really stacked here. Sorry. It was not San Francisco. It was the Padres. 
And so he's now their closer. And so that's a, that's a good pickup. Great. Again, A++++ for the Padres. Milwaukee, that's a strange decision, right? Because, like you said, they're leading the division. Yeah. Close that's the move the they decided to yeah. make. All right. Um, so we heard a lot of talk about uh, Shohei Otani. I mean, maybe it was just smoke they're putting out there about him being traded. Are you surprised you didn't see his name? Or are you, even, are you surprised that people are mentioning his name of being traded uh, out of the City of Angels? I'm surprised, but not surprised at the same time. Um, it would be really shocking if Shohei were to send, get, you know, be sent in a deal. Uh, that is going to take a, a Juan Soto package. I mean, this, this guy is, is like what the Babe Ruth of our generation. Uh, what he's doing is we have not ever seen. And so that would have taken a Juan Soto kind of deal, uh, maybe even more. I mean, this is, this is the guy. Um, but he should, if the Angels don't keep him, um, uh, he should just go to another team. Uh, Angels would be smart to trade him, to be honest, because it's not working out. The Angels strategy has not worked out when, since they thought in 2012 that they could get Pujols and Josh Hamilton, C.J. Wilson, and they could pay all these guys all this money, and it would be multiple championships. Mike Trout has been wasted on this Angels team. Shohei has been wasted on this team. Um, this team is so dysfunctional. Their pitching always lets them down. I mean, this team has not been a playoff team like a powerhouse team of the American League West since Vlad Guerrero was on that team. I mean, you're talking the early 2000s. Mike Sosha is the manager, and that team would win all the time. And that team was scary. Torrey Hunter, Vlad Guerrero, that team was always good. I mean, they had John Lackey. They had um, – I'm trying to think of his name. I don't know if they had – i got to look this up to fact check me. If they had John Lester on their team at one point. Uh, it, it's just a shame how the Angels have just wasted uh, Mike Trout and now Shohei. I mean, I, yeah. I can't even tell you how good Mike Trout really is as a player. You hear all these phenomenal things. I mean, he's a good player, but, I mean, they reached the playoffs one time in his career. I mean, he's always injured. Uh, their, I guess their training staff pretty much messed up his uh, back or hip, whatever it was this year. And they, mm-hmm. it's just wasted talent out there. And now you're seeing it with Shohei Otani. Uh, I Shohei, I, I guess, a uh, pretty cryptic uh, interview, I guess, a few weeks ago where he was saying, I don't know if I want to stay here or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I, I can definitely see him being traded or uh, just leaving in the next few years or whenever his contract is up. But, yeah, I think it'd be super, super smart to just get rid of Shohei and uh, bring in all the prospects, get in those 30 prospects you're going to get for, for Shohei and just build up. It's, I mean, your time's over with Mike Trout, Shohei is next. Uh, Angels just got to start rebuilding, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I want to just point something out, uh, correct myself. John Lester was not on that team. I was thinking of Jared Weaver. Um, you know, you had John Lackey, you had Jared Weaver. I'm looking at this 2019. This team right here was first in the American League West, but Braxton, I'm pulling up these stats here. I want to tell you. So this team, the Angels, have only since 2009 twice have won the American League West. They won it in 09. They won it again in 2014 when they lost in the ALDS and got swept. That's the only times they've been in the playoffs. And since, I, mean, I mean, in that stretch from 2009 to the present, they've been, they lost the ALCS to your Yankees in 09. They lost in the ALDS in 2014. They haven't been in the playoffs any more than that. And that's a span of over over a decade. And I mean, that looking at 
I mean, no offense to your Rangers, Matt, but this is an awful division. I mean, besides the Astros last, uh, what's it been, seven seven years now? It just awful division, too, uh, for the Angels not to be making moves and winning the division more. As good as their team has been, I mean, uh, this is something to really research, but just click on every team and go, okay, who is their pitching? I mean, you've got – I mean, you've had all these time, all these guys – Trout. what Trout's first year was, I think, 2012, if I'm correct. And, you know, I mean, you're just wasting – you've wasted a whole decade of Mike Trout. Yep. And they've gone through – they had Mike Sosha, they had Brad Osmus, they had Joe Madden, and then now they've got Phil Neven and Nevin, and he's their manager right now. But, I mean, this, this – Angels team is going to have to blow it up. This core cannot win and will not win. And they can't keep just thinking every year it's going to happen. It's not. The Angels pitching staff has let them down and they've just blown all this money on Trout and Shohei. And I mean, and not, not like, I mean, they deserve the money, but they're just, it's, they haven't put together a, all the puzzle pieces to make a team. Um, and that has hurt them. And uh, they're going to be stuck in this purgatory until they blow this team up. Yep, I'm 100 100% agree. I think it's time for the Angels to move on and just blow it up and then bring in some new pieces. See, it gets something that works because it's been too long for Angels fans. Uh, they are hurting. Uh, they are numb. Uh, but anything else to add on the MLB trade deadline? You know, what? Braxton, uh, it it's it's just fun watching kind of what this wild card race is going to be. The Seattle Mariners, man. Um that that team, they're trying to make moves. We saw that they got um, um, the guy from the Reds, Castillo. Yeah, good pickup. Um, and that was, you know, one of the best guys on the market in the pitching staff. And that was really good. Seattle's trying to go all in. They got Julio Rodriguez, the phenom who was in the home run derby, the rookie. Um, Ty Francis had a really good year. They've got pieces, um, and they're trying to get – in their what 21 22 year postseason drought 21 seasons i think without being in the postseason and this is this is the team that can do it they've got the pieces now they've only got the cushion is you know the american it, league wild i'm card looking is, at it right now it's yeah. they've got a one game cushion on second place and then all the way down to seventh place is boston and they're only three games back so i mean it's one through seven is right there yeah I mean, yeah and and you look at those teams and go, you know, we don't hear a whole lot about Cleveland, but you think you look at Baltimore and go, oh my gosh, this Baltimore team really has clicked in the last two months or so. Like they were a game and a half back. Yeah. I mean, they're over 500, three games over 500 right now. Um, thanks to them sweeping my Rangers, which was great. Um, but this team, this Baltimore team has really played exceptional baseball over the last couple of months and they've turned it around. They were under 500. Here they come. They're marching up and they're on the footsteps, knocking on the door, Tampa Bay. And we're saying this in August. And we're saying this in August, Baltimore. I mean, this is a Baltimore team that we've seen lose a hundred games. They have not been good really since, I mean, I don't know that, you know, exactly. I mean, it's, it's been a while, um, you know, they've had some team around, you know, the 2014, 15 timeframe. I think they probably have to fact check me on that. I probably need to look this up before I'm just spouting all this out, um, which I'm going to fact check myself right now um, <laughs> on their records. Um, but OK, yeah, here we go. So this Baltimore team has not made the playoffs since 2016. 
They've been dead last or second to last since then every year. And here you are that they're in a wild card conversation. And then the White Sox, who people expect to be better, and has this has been a very disappointing season up and down, they're two games back. And the Red Sox, who played well, but then they couldn't figure out how to pitch. And so they're now only 500. But this could be anybody's game. This is what's going to make baseball fun. The National League's pretty much almost shored up. There's a, there's a little bit of a few races. The American League is going to come down the wire, and this can be fun to watch. Yeah, it really will be. I hope the Mariners get it. I think America pretty much roots for the uh, Mariners. I would like to see uh, the Mariners win. Maybe not use as a Rangers fan, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fun to see them uh, this close. And maybe the Orioles. That would be awesome to see them get up there uh, and make a wild card spot. So, Matt, anything else on the MLB? Uh, who are your who's your uh, World Series prediction right now? Well, as after trade deadline, after trade deadline, I mean the mm, I, the Yankees are still as dominant as anybody, and I, I think they will find a way. They they have you know lost a couple of games, and the Astros have been a thorn on their side, but I still think the Yankees. Um, can make it on the National League side. I mean, really, let's make it a fun uh, Yankees Dodgers matchup. I think that makes the most sense because both teams have identical uh, 70 wins. So I'm going to go uh, Yankees Dodgers. Um, yeah, but you know what? I, I also would love to see a subway series. That would be pretty yeah. cool, too. That would be cool to see in the World Series. And, I mean, we've been saying Yankees-Dodgers for, what, like five years now uh, to make the World Series, so maybe it'll happen this year. But uh, I'll, I'll go Yankees. Uh, I think it's Yankees-Astros. Are the I think those are the two teams that will you will see make the World Series in the AL. Then the NL, I, I think it's Padres-Dodgers. I mean, uh, Padres, you're getting Tatis back. See how Juan Soto does uh, in San Diego. And that's, that's going to be a fun, fun team to watch. So I think – I think I'll go Dodgers as well, but I, I do think the Padres can really make a push. If they start playing hot, uh, they will make it uh, to the World Series. So, Matt, uh, let's move on to our final segment. Who will we share a burger and brought with? You want me to go first? Go for it. All right. So, Burgers and Brats is doing a teacher, uh, just back to school, teacher appreciation uh, so we are picking one lucky teacher around the globe, around the country, uh, and giving out their Amazon wish list, wish list, their list for back to school, the supplies they need. We know teachers are shorthanded usually this time of the year, uh, also always need these supplies uh, to have the best teaching ability in the classroom. So we're doing Miss Brower's uh, theater class for Forbes Middle School in Round Rock, Texas. Uh, we are going to post that leak, uh, their Amazon link uh, on the podcast uh, details. Uh, so when you go to the podcast and the information, you'll see the link. Uh, click that link, type it into your uh, browser, and then uh, go give uh, Ms. Brower some much-needed supplies so she can teach the best to her ability and uh, just make her classroom amazing for these uh, middle school kids in Forbes Middle School. So, Very nice, very nice. Well, I'm, I've got to change the tone a little bit to something sad. I know it's not really the way we want to want to end it, but uh, got a legend though. Got to shout out the legend Vince Scully, who passed away on uh, on Tuesday night. He was 94, but as everyone knows, he was the voice of Dodgers baseball, the most iconic voice, um, probably if not the most one of the most iconic voices um, in 
in any sport, right? Like, I mean, just for Major League Baseball, you heard it. You're like, okay, we're watching a baseball game. It was like a friend, a grandpa, someone who was right there with you in the room. Um, and, yeah, I mean, 94 years old, what an incredible life. He spent over like 66 years, I think, or it says 67 years um, with um, with Dodger fans and just just an incredible person. Um, and I remember when he retired and all the love and, you know, he's still come back to to games. And I, I he was even on TikTok and or Twitter and TikTok, you know, this guy wanted to connect with the fans. Baseball was in his blood. And, uh, you know, you can always hear the iconic words, it's time for Dodger baseball. You know, just um, a big loss for the sport because he he made people just love the game and people loved him. Yeah, I mean, 67 years of calling games. I mean, as we saw, I mean, we both probably saw on Twitter all the magical calls he had with like Hank Aaron. Uh, he played with new Jackie Robinson uh, coming into the league and then the World Series wins, the perfect game in the World Series, the walk-off homer in the World Series and the 88 World Series. And um, I mean, he didn't retire until 2016, right? 2016, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. honestly, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I, so he was in his 80s uh, still calling mm-hmm. games, which yeah, is incredible. The Dodgers, uh, you know, obviously wearing a patch. Um, I think, you know, that said like then on it, uh, you know, for for his memory. But uh, it's tough. You know, that that is the a true icon for the Dodgers, a very storied franchise and uh, just a huge loss for baseball. Yep. Huge Rest in peace, Vin School. I mean, uh, Sharon Bergen brought with him. Um, hopefully calling some ga- some more games uh, up in up in the upper world uh, for us all to listen to. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining. Good to be back. Always good to talk baseball. Yeah, and I always got to bring you on for the baseball, man. Always. Hopefully have you on, I mean, playoffs starting, well, so two months. Yeah, yeah. Two yeah. Months, under two months. two months. Yeah, two months left of the season. Yeah, so, uh, everyone, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you follow on any platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, anywhere else you get your podcast ads, burgers, and abrats, and stay up to date with the latest news on Twitter, Instagram, and hopefully you just watched on YouTube at burgers and abrats. Thank you all. Take care. Stay safe.